it was a crazy last three days of college football with some excellent bowl games and playoff games with two smaller programs, Tulane and TCU pulling off major ups, uh, upsets or big wins over some other big programs. On today's episode, I'm joined by Mitch Wolf. We're going to look at these two programs, see if there's anything BC can do to emulate their success and bring it to Chestnut Hill, or is it just too different? We'll get into that, more Transfer Portal news, and a whole lot more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. This is Locked on BC, your daily Boston College podcast. We're the only crazies that go out there and talk about BC every day. And a couple times each week, I am joined by my co-host, Mitch Wolf. He's a writer on Eagle at Eagle Insider as well. I haven't seen Mitch in a little while, but I'm really glad to have him back on the podcast. Mitch, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, I survived Southwest's crazy holiday travel delays and all that, so I'm finally back home. Um, but I'm excited to talk about this topic and kind of get back into preparing for the 2023 offseason and then the 2023 season. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's going to go quick because we're only a couple of weeks, you know, five or six weeks away from spring ball starting up. And <clears throat> what, what we're seeing now is is a really fun uh, bull season. There's been some really fun games, whether it was more of the symbolic game. I watched the Mississippi state game against Illinois today, which was sloppy. Uh, let's be honest. Mike, Mike Leach would have been rolling over in his grave for a 10, 10 game that ended on a uh, yeah. game winning field goal. Let, let's be real. <laughs> but the picks, the fumble six pick yeah. six, I don't even know what that's called to end it. RIP was, uh, to anybody who had Illinois plus three and a half. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we could talk about bet online later, but, other games, TCU, uh, the, in one of the craziest back-and-forth games, defeated uh, Michigan in the college football playoffs to set up a matchup with defending champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, on uh, next week. Now, when you're talking TCU, what do you see about this team? What do you see about them? They're a small school. They're a team that, I, I mean, I, I think it was that boomer Twitter account put them as dead last in the in the conference in their one of their many Excel spreadsheets that he puts out. But if you were to look at TCU, like what can you see about this program that maybe a school like Boston College could say, hey, we could do that? I see a team that got hot and they've been able to ride that and they've had a good amount of lucky breaks. Uh that's honestly where the similarities end for me really i mean yeah you can make the argument that and this part of this was inspired by some tweets from a fellow bc fan uh bill maloney atl eagle i believe is his handle and i thought the comparison between bc and tc was very was very strained uh yeah you can make the argument that it's a smaller christian school in a big city that's a pro market um and it's definitely like not the biggest draw in that pro market even in like its state for sports but 
you know, just watching that game, I also want to say that I think I think this exposed Michigan as being more fraudulent than a lot of people thought they were. You know, a lot of people were saying, oh, like Ohio State's so terrible because Michigan beat them that badly. If you go back and watch that game, Michigan got lucky on like a few big plays and they had never had any explosive plays with any consistency for the entire season. And they got lucky with a few of them. And honestly, I think that if Blake Corum had been healthy and played that game, I think they would have lost because they would have tried to keep running the ball and they wouldn't have had gotten lucky with those explosive plays. You look at the one where a defender fell down trying to make a tackle, missed tackle, huge play. Another one where a defender tripped up, got a big touchdown. We saw that happen in the Ohio state Georgia game. And the other one was like a halfback pass to a tight end. Like, yeah, those plays aren't replicable. And I think if you played that game again, I think that it would at least, you know, maybe be 50, 50, maybe leans Ohio state's way, honestly. And we saw how competitive Ohio state was against Georgia, you know, comes down to the final seconds of the year, honestly. So and I think Michigan spent a lot of their time leading up to this game. I think they were looking ahead to playing either Ohio State or Georgia. I think that they were overconfident. They were like, oh, we're going to be able to run all over TCU. TCU doesn't play defense. We're going to be fine. And I don't think they were focused. And that's how TCU was able to take advantage and get out of such a huge lead. I also thought Jim Harbaugh called a terrible game. But that's about that game. And I'll come back to TCU. I just think there are too many discrepancies between the two. Because for, for, the, for the biggest part, TCU is located in one of the most football-rich zip codes in arguably the most football rich state in the country. And you make the argument that again, they're like lower on the totem pole than Texas, Texas A&M. And obviously Dallas gets rated by, you know, all the other big programs, but you're still there. And that's extremely helpful. You, you know, I was, I was looking up some stats about like recruiting and where players come from. Um, if you look at by County, and this is an, a little bit of an older article from ESPN, but um I don't know exactly. Let's see what there's like 20. It's the top high schools. And I, I can't, I'm not sure what year this is, but if you look at the counties, Harris County, which is where Houston is, so that's not particularly close. Dallas County, that's essentially Fort Worth and uh, Tarrant County, which is where Arlington and Fort Worth are, which is where TCU is located. So you've got three counties that are producing extremely high, like high amounts of uh, college football talent. Um, you look at the top, the top, this is the number of top, 100 recruits in the last 10 years. And again, I'm not sure when this year started, but you know, I think that you can give or take and it's still the same, but Harris County ranks that's Houston that ranks third. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Dallas County is fifth. And then Tarrant County is 10th. So they've got three counties pretty much right in their area. Maybe not if you count Houston, but two, let's say two counties right in their area that are producing college football talent at the highest rate possible. You look at another, um, set of articles if you look at all 50 states ranked by their percentage of national blue chip recruits and this article came out in february 2020 so again it's a little old but if you look at texas 54 of the blue chip recruits in 2020 came from texas that's 14.9 percent let's just if you took the rest of if you let you took massachusetts I think massachusetts had four so massachusetts yep. has four connecticut has four and new hampshire has one so they have nine total and then the rest of New England had zero, unless you not counting New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, what have you. Um, so you're just not seeing those. You're just not the amount of talent that is surrounding that program is just it's just completely different. I mean, if you look at blue chip recruits by state for the last from 2016 to 2020, Texas had 245, which was 13.8 percent of those recruits. So I just think that. TCU is in, in a much better place where they can just go out and find these guys because there's just so many more of them. Not to mention, if you look at TCU versus BC in terms of academics, it's a completely different animal. I mean, TCU's acceptance rate, according to um, 
U.S. News and World Report is at 54%. BC's is at 19. If you look at the average ACT score, I know that's bigger than the Midwest, but I think it's a fair comparison if you're looking at the same numbers. The ACT composite, 50th, the interquartile range is 26 to 31 for TCU. For BC, it is uh, 33 to 34. If you look at BC's test scores in terms of the SET, 80, almost 90% of their of BC accepted students scored between 1,400 and 1,600. That's the highest range of uh, 200 points in terms of this, the way this graph is uh, measured. In ter- so 90% of kids, 1,400 to 1,600. Look at TCU. Their biggest chunk was almost 50% of between 1,200 and 1,399. Only 15% of their students uh, scored between a 1,400 and 1,600 in SAT. So, you know, we've talked a lot about this issue with the transfer portal and everything, but I think it's fair to say that just BC is much more stringently academically than TCU. So TCU, it's easier for them to get kids in just from an academic standpoint. All right. I'm going to push back on one point you brought up because I I was doing some research today. And yes, I know Texas is a very uh, recruiting rich state, but, you know, from my work at 247, I look at their team rankings in terms of recruiting, which you ask guys like Bud Foster, this is this is their gold standard for how they they Bud Elliott, you mean? But yeah, Bud Elliott, <laughs> Bud Foster, Jesus. <laughs> you're so, I'm you're having so, COVID so, right so now. poison pilled from the Virginia Tech defenses for forever. <laughs> um, but but uh, but Elliott said, you know, that you look at recruiting rankings, it's going to show you where a team should be. They are lower. I looked at, I just, I pulled up 2022 or 2021. I know 2022 is a little bit um, off kilter. BC is ranked higher in terms of recruiting both in 2022 and they're way ahead of them in 2021, um, which is interesting because it, it, is it just because when you get to the middle of the pack, it's kind of more of a crapshoot. Um, where like when you have the, the topper end talents, it's easier to say, okay, Alabama's got, you know, 15, four star recruits and, you know, 10, five stars when you're in the middle, it's kind of just like in, you know, it's, it's more amalgamous. You can't figure out what's what, but it, it does show you that BC is supposedly, and it's my work. I can't say that it's wrong. I could say that BC should be at that level that, that TCU is at. Yeah. And again, I think this kind of comes back to my point that I'm not, I mean, TCU played very well, you know, they've, they beat a lot of teams. Some of them, they beat them pretty handily. And a lot of times I still think that they had things break their way. And with how football is, you know, sometimes that's going to happen sometimes. And they have been able to just string together a lot of those lucky things. Um, I'm not saying it's the only reason they're good. I'm just saying that's how it happens. You know, if, if you went back and played the season again, you know, maybe some, maybe they don't get that field goal. Uh, where they rush the kicker on with time with the clock running with like 15 seconds left, you know, maybe yep. something, maybe the kicker falls down or something, um, you know, just cause life is crazy and uh, things are hard to predict. So, you know, I, I, so I just think that trying to draw this comparison, it's just, it's, I think it's just a little stretch stretch for yep. me because yep. yeah, I just, I just don't really think it's fair to expect this for BC to do that. So in a second, we're going to jump into another school a school that is it's got a little bit more in terms of similarities to BC as well. And that is over in Louisiana. We'll look at the Tulane green waves in just a moment. Now, LinkedIn is one of our partners here at locked on BC. They want you to know, sorry, my computer's glitching out on me. 
As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience. So I'm going to try to kill some air here. Uh, I obviously don't have the ad read. So uh, by the time he gets back, I'm going to just uh, riff a little bit. Um, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to tell everybody this uh, by the time uh, I'm off this episode, because there's going to be some basketball and other stuff coming up that I'm not going to be on for. But we are going to have an interview with one of BC's incoming transfers, Later this week, uh, we're going to talk to him about his career at his previous institution, which was BC, uh, his football career, talk about all those kind of things. Um, so we'll be recording that on Thursday nights. So we'll be out for Friday, and that's going to be really exciting. We're really looking forward to that. Um, AJ is still not back. I'm going to text him now see what's going on. This is the Boys of Live podcasting, folks. Imagine that on the, uh, there we go. There he's now he's back. All right. We're going to go back to link. I'm having terrible connections here. Hold on a second. I say, I tried to, I tried to riff and fill as much as I could, but <laughs> we were running, uh, run a little scared there for a bit. All right. We still don't have your audio, or at least if you're talking, I can't hear you. This is unfortunate. Oh, I think you can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yep. Yep. We're good. It looks like I have still have terrible reception, but I'm going to read again our friends over at LinkedIn just so we get it. Because I think I was reading the, uh, the ad read and I think I lost it. So as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know what success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people you have who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs help you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates at LinkedIn jobs and connect them for fast and for free. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. Head on over to LinkedIn jobs and they'll help you find the most qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Link. This is locked on BC. AJ Black here. Sorry for the little technical glitch there. Uh, sometimes things happen, and that happened there. And we'll have to do a little editing to get that out for uh, for the for the podcast version. If you're listening to this on YouTube, it's going to go live, and you, you get all the glories of uh, the mistakes that just came up there. But we're talking about BC, and looking obviously we're talking about BC. We always talk about BC. But we're looking at and comparing them to other programs that are having success right now. These are the non-typical blue bloods that are finding out what it find, you know, what these next level successes can be like. We looked at TCU and Mitch did a great job of explaining 
why it's not fair to compare because there's a lot of differences and there's not really a, other than them being ca- at Christian schools. There's not really much that you can compare the two schools at now Tulane. Tulane is an interesting, they, they, another f- amazing win. I turned that game off and USC was up 14 with like four minutes left. And I was like, okay, this game's over. And then I, I looked on Twitter. I was like, holy crap, they're coming back. That's exactly what I did. I was in the other room packing <laughs> stuff and I came back. I was like, oh, they lost. Okay. <laughs> but this team was two and tw- two and 10 last year and finished this year, 12 and two Willie Fritz. I mean, you can call him whatever, you know, he is the perfect fit for Tulane right now. But this is a program, too, and a school that has, I feel, a similar academic feel to BC. But maybe Mitch has a different feel. Talk to me about, like, is this possible that BC could kind of find the same sign of success that Tulane has? Again, I don't want to rain on their parade, but again, I think this is a bit... Again, like having a year this good is a bit fluky uh, for Tulane. You know, they obviously weren't a perfect team. You know, they lost to University of Southern Mississippi early in the year by a field goal. So, you know, those one score games, you know, you don't have things break your way. And, you know, that's that's what happens. They lost to UCF, but they avenged that loss in the conference championship. So, you know, their two losses were by a combined 10 points. So that's those that's very respectable, in my opinion. And the, the other part of this, is I, th- I think the American Conference was a little down this year. Uh, you know, you didn't have Cincinnati going undefeated, obviously. Uh, UCF, SMU were a little up and down. Memphis has been way down last few years. Uh, ECU and Houston were kind of middling. Uh, they, beat, beat, they, beat, they, uh, they did beat Kansas State on the road, which is very impressive. Um, and then they beat UMass, which, you know, basically everybody does. And then beating USC, you know, USC had another game where they're their defense decided that tackling wasn't very important, which they, that seems to be a consistent issue for them now. But in terms of Tulane as an institution, I think it, it is a very good analog for BC. Uh, and again, it is in a pro sports town. Um, and it's a very, it's, you know, it's, it's the second or third attraction behind LSU and the saints, or even put it probably maybe put them behind the Pelicans, uh, small private school. Um, I, I, I actually listened to a podcast that it's called uh, it's from split zone duo, which I think I've talked about on the show before. Yep. It's, they did a really cool history, historical podcast about uh, Tulane and its history and how, because Tulane used to be SAC like way back in the day. Um, and then they left because their president was worried about the direction of how college athletics were taking over the importance of academics. And boy, if he, if he could see what's <laughs> going on now, that would be something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to see Tulane regress a little next year, but you know, if, if you can see them, I think you can see them turning into a more consistently winning program, especially as the American is kind of in transition with some teams leaving for the Big 12 and other teams coming in from the Sun Belt, CUSA, what have you. Um, but hey, I think this is a better analog. And I think that, you know, Tulane, they had a really great running back this year. Their quarterback is a pretty good player. I know he's on some NFL draft radars um, and their defense played really well. So you've got all this ingredients um, and Tulane's again. The other thing with Tulane, though, is and this kind of connects to my TCU point is that. Louisiana is another state that's great at producing football talent. Um, they have the most NFL players per capita. At least they did for a while. That might have changed, but that was it for a while. Um, they're also very high up in all these rankings about um, how many blue chips come out of there. They in, from six from 2016 to 2020, they had 76, which is 4.3 percent, the fifth most uh, in 2020 alone. They had 16, which is 4.4 percent, that also ranked fifth. Um, None of their counties were uh, in the top 10 in that range. But if you look at Louisiana, uh, let's see, 42, 42 top 100 recruits in the last 10 years. So, again, pretty solid numbers. Um, 
and they're in the heart of New Orleans. And I think that's another part. It's like, hmm, if I'm a if I'm a you know three or like high three star recruit and I'm getting offered by Tulane and Boston College, would I rather go to Boston where it's cold or go to New Orleans? <laughs> so yeah. that's another advantage in their favor. But again, they are very similar academically. Um, but I think that I think expecting BC to have a similar season at some point to Tulane where you know, all the breaks come, you know, everything aligns and they have, you know, a 10 win season, they get to a big bowl game. I think that that's, that's very reasonable. Um, but it, I think it's hard to say like, Oh, like we need to look at what this team is doing when they kind of have a one year spike year. Now, if Tulane starts reeling off 10 win seasons, like, you know, for a few years in a row, then maybe that's something we have to talk about. But I, I honestly think that the team, the, this, the program that BC needs to be emulating the most is Pitt because I think that's another very analogous program, even though it is public university, but you know, for all his faults, and and there are several, but Pat Narduzzi has turned Pitt into a, a consistently top of the ACC program. You know, they're, they're putting in winning seasons like no problem. They're winning bowl games. Um, so I, I think that that's really the program BC should yep. be looking at because I, I and I know there's a little bit of differences there, but at least in terms of the results on the field and you know the kind of ways they can recruit, and they were they're recruiting the same area as well, but. In terms of the consistent success, which I think some people you could you could have an argument about, would you rather have like one spike year where you, you know, or maybe TCU's a little lofty, but maybe you you know make a Cotton Bowl versus an NC State kind of existence where you're always winning between eight and nine games. You know, I think there's an argument to be had about which one is better, but um, I think that for now, or at least, and again, I think you know, at least for BC, getting back to at least a winning record is the first priority. Yes, well, I think that's that's the real point here is like. I think we talked about this because these are two programs that have struggled in past years and have figured things out. And, you know, it all goes back to the administration. It goes back to the coaching staff. Is the coaching staff the right one to to bring BC to that next level? You look at, you look at Willie Fritz at Tulane. He's been a successful head coach everywhere he's gone. You know, he was at, um, there was a Houston ba- a Baptist, uh, Sam Houston, was he at Sam Houston. I, I think, think Sam Houston state. I'll look it up really quick. And he was at um, he's been at a bunch of other programs. He's been successful everywhere he's gone. Jeff Halfley has been a defensive coordinator for a, a, a year. So that, you know, is, is that the key here? Is that the key? Having a coach that's been around. Gary Patterson's been around forever. Yeah. And I mean, and Sonny Dykes, you know, he. I thought I said Dykes, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, even so, like he, you know, his one shot at the power five was at Cal and that really didn't go well. Now, Cal obviously has a lot of issues itself you know it's again very academically prestigious but and he had he had some decent years with jared goff as his quarterback but that obviously kind of went south then he comes back to texas which is where he's from and again like that that's just a really great cultural fit for tcu and sunny Dykes just because he's such a he just knows texas really well and again texas is really its own thing i mean if you look at how you know texas tech hired joey mcguire because he was so plugged into the high school scene james jeff trailer at uh, utsa that's just a whole different ball game um, but yeah, I, mean, I think having that perfect mesh of coach and, and, uh, program is obviously, you know, a huge part to winning. And, you know, like you, like you said in the last few episodes, you know, Jeff Halfley knows that he is on the hot seat this year for BC. So if he can figure it out and get some wins, then great. And if not, you know, I think they're going to go in a different direction. Yep. All right. So Mitch, I'm going to let you go. We have a brief little, uh, news segment after this, I'm going to get into some transfer portal news. Where can people find your work? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Uh, I mentioned this while AJ was in the digital ether, but we're going to have a uh, very exciting interview podcast dropping later this week with one of the transfers coming into BC this year. Uh, so 
you know, you just keep an eye out for that on this feed or wherever you get your podcasts or wherever. All right. Thanks, Mitch. We'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm. All right. Now in a moment, we're going to talk transfer portal news and a player who will not be coming back to BC. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. If you have not done so already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd love to see this happen. If we get up to a thousand YouTube subscribers, I, I, I've been thinking, I want to try to find one of those crazy big hats. If I can find a a big hat for Boston College. You, have you seen those? They're like the ridiculous. I think it was someone on Green Bay uh, the other day that had one. They're absolutely enormous and they're stupid and they're, but they're hilarious. I will, I'm thinking if I can find one of those, we'll do a giveaway if we can get to a thousand subscribers here. So if you're not, if you're listening to this, get in on this. Cause I'd love to do this. All right. Wrapping this up with some quick news. So, uh, BC football had one more player enter the transfer portal on Monday afternoon. Kevon Wright, a true French freshman from Manville, Texas, a defensive lineman entered the portal um, he has four years remaining. He did not play at all in 2022. He's six four two ten, which is a little small. I mean, you look at the picture of him. He's a little small for, uh, in terms of size, he need to bulk, bulk up a little bit, which is, you know, normal for a freshman. Uh, but he did not play this year. So he's entering the transfer portal. Not, not a huge surprise. Uh, I know a lot of, I, some of the pe- folks I've talked to were high on him. Uh, he's got good size. And as Mitch was just talking about, he's from Texas. Uh, you like to get players from Texas, but. Sometimes it just doesn't work out and there's reasons why he didn't stay. And I'm not sure what those are. Um, and, and I'm sure it's at this point and it's not because BC stunk. I think it might've been, you know, depth chart issues. It could be a million different things. He could miss home. We don't know. We don't know. And so he's into the transfer portal. But as I said on yesterday's episode, BC is still very active in the portal. Uh, and I think there'll be more news coming out of that. And if you're not a member of Eagle Insider, I'm going to be getting more news. I'm going to be breaking down on Eagle Insider uh, tomorrow morning some of the offensive tackle uh, options BC has uh, that they could be reaching out for because I think they still need one more offensive lineman. I think it's going to be a tackle that they're going to go after. Also tomorrow, BC plays Notre Dame. Now, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, they're going to host them at home. Boston College uh, needs to rebound after a tough loss uh, to Syracuse where in which they ha- they were there. But they just, they were just not, um, you know, they were just weren't, they weren't able to hit their shots down the stretch. So we'll wait and see what happens in this game. Stay here. We'll have recaps of the game. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about any news that comes up. Um, my Again, my voice has been terrible all week. I apologize. Uh, but I have a passion for BC sports. And I love sharing it every day with you here on Locked On Boston College. I loved having Mitch on today. And, um, We'll we'll talk to you again soon. So follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. We'll be back again soon uh, tomorrow with another episode. For Mitch, this is AJ. See you again soon.